Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how's it going, my friend? That's going well, brother. Good to talk to you. It's uh it's a little cloudy, I think, still in Buckeye Nation. So I'm uh, excited to <laughs> get on the horn with you, so we can, you know, talk through all of this and and make sense of what's going on. It's uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, good to hear your voice as always, my friend. Yeah, it has been an eventful last week, to say the least. There was a fair amount of chaos during Championship Weekend. The college football playoff field has been set. Paige and I will give you our early thoughts on the semifinal matchups, which will be played on New Year's Day. We will also bid a fond farewell. See you. Don't let the door hit you in the ass to the joyless piece of shit half measure that is the four-team college football playoff. We'll also spend maybe just a minute or two on Ohio State's bowl opponent, the ninth-ranked Missouri Tigers in the Cotton Bowl, but I don't think we're going to dive too deep into that game today, PVH. We'll record a proper preview of that matchup in a couple of weeks when we have a better idea who's actually going to be playing in the game for the Buckeyes. We're obviously expecting a pretty high number of opt-outs. PVH, I want to start with this. I want to start with the Baker's Dozen of Ohio Mm. State players that entered the transfer portal this week. As we record this podcast right now, there are 13 Buckeyes from this year's roster in the portal right now. And I will go down that list of names here in a moment. The portal officially reopened on Monday, and one of the first Buckeyes to jump in was starting quarterback Kyle McCord. Now, my understanding of the situation is that shortly after the Michigan loss, McCord and his father met with Ryan Day and in that meeting asked for assurances that McCord would be the starting quarterback in 2024. Day could not make that guarantee, which PBH, I think you and I both agree, was probably the right move. Now, it's Mm. been reported that Day wanted Kyle to stay and compete for the job next season. But heading into his final year of eligibility, McCord wanted the security of knowing the job would be his, which is also understandable. So, PBH, I want to get your thoughts on McCord's decision to enter the portal this week. Well, it was it was definitely shocking, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw it in the evening, but I, it was like the first thing I saw when I woke up, whatever it was, on, Same. on Tuesday morning. Um, look, man, I, I think it's pretty freaking simple. Like, if Ryan Day wanted or or was convinced 100% that this was McCord's job and he wanted him to still be a buckeye then McCord would still be a buckeye mm-hmm. he clearly doesn't yeah he 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 doesn't right and um you know we'll, we'll never know the the true conversations that happened but he clearly saw a lot of the same things that we saw mm-hmm. right that yep you know, um, that led him to believe that, you know what, maybe this isn't the right guy. Um, because if he was sold on him, he, he, I mean, this is easy. He's never in the portal. So it's, I, it's not that McCord played poorly. It's not that, you know, you blame the Michigan loss on him. It's, it's, it's none of that, but is he quite good enough that, yeah, you're just anointed the starter next year, 2024. Hell no, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it was funny, like we were going texting back and forth and we're like, oh, this is high risk, you know, uh, high reward. I don't even know if I agree with I mean, it's definitely high risk. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I mean, I think it's pretty medium reward because 
I don't think Brown's the answer. I mean, from the limited things that I saw from him, I mean, I, you know, yeah. it doesn't appear like, you know, what are you thinking, Day? Like, this guy is clearly better. That's not the case. There's no true, you know, there, there's no Justin Fields in the portal this year. Um, so the, the fact that Ryan Day would kind of let this happen and maybe not have a plan B is pretty goddamn risky if you ask me is it the right is it the right call yeah absolutely i think it's the right call and is he just being you know blatantly obvious or is he really not sold on mccord at all which is possible and he's like i gotta go find something better because this ain't gonna get it done next year and by the way like i don't think the seats it's it's lukewarm we yeah. can all agree on that. It's heating it's definitely up. Lukewarm. Yeah, for sure. Heating up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was personally very surprised, both by the decision as well as the timing. But I guess in this new era of the portal opt-outs and I, all that stuff, things just move a lot faster now than even just a couple of years ago. I said last week's pod that I was leaning toward McCord as my preference for 2024, but I thought Ryan Day needed to reopen the competition and make McCord prove that he could improve in a couple of key areas, namely those slow first quarter starts, which we saw several repeatedly over the course of the season, and of course, eliminating turnovers. And from the reports, it seems like that's what Ryan Day wanted. But, you know, McCord had other ideas. You know, a lot of fans are celebrating McCord's departure this week. And I'm a little nervous about that, PVH. I'm not I'm not entirely right. I'm not a little entirely sure this is something to be celebrated. I mean, these are uncharted waters. I think I told you guys, look, we've never seen a quarterback as productive as McCord on a team as good as the 2023 Buckeyes leave the program with remaining eligibility for any other destination than the NFL. I mean, there have only been seven Ohio State quarterbacks to throw for more than 3,000 yards in a season, and Kyle McCord is one of them. McCord's 3,170 yards passing this season placed him seventh all-time at Ohio State in single-season passing yards. He only needed 161 more yards to move up to the fourth spot on that list. Uh, Actually, that was what I think Chad was trying to say last week. If he And if he would have played in the Cotton Bowl, he would have almost assuredly thrown for at least that many yards against Missouri. The other thing is, it's just widely assumed that McCord's numbers this season are just the product of Ryan Day's system and the greatness of the Ohio State receivers, and that you know any reasonably talented quarterback would have put up the same numbers under those circumstances. I, I just would be careful about making those assumptions. I mean, let, let's be careful about taking something for granted that only seven quarterbacks have accomplished in Ohio State's 133-year history. The slow starts, the turnovers were frustrating, but man, I I personally saw a lot of good things from him this season. He made a lot of big throws. Um, I also thought there were enough mitigating circumstances that might have explained why McCord struggled at times. You know, the ankle injury, the prolonged absences of key uh, skilled players like Egbuka and Henderson, an offensive line that was several notches below the usual Ohio State standard, a running game that didn't really emerge until late October when Henderson returned from his injuries. And, you know, if those obstacles aren't you know, part of next season, it's it's reasonable to think McCord could play much better in 2024. As you say, though, of course, we'll never know uh, if that would be the case because he's in the portal. He'll be playing somewhere else next year. PBH, let me kick this back to you. Any other thoughts on McCord's decision to enter the portal? No, and that's why I say it's 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 very high risk, but it's medium return because there's no obvious answer now. Yeah, right. For all you know. It, are there a lot of things to be critical about McCord about? Sure. Right. And, yeah. you know, I, I mean, 
it, it does seem to me like the guy, you know, if, if Harrison isn't wide open, you know, then he struggles, you know, to, to sort of read the field and then to go to plan B. Um, but it, it is, there's, there's no obvious answer here yeah. going forward. And I, you know, I, I sort of texted, like, I don't want to see any Devin Brown in the cotton ball and I'm kind of jumping ahead. Like, do, right. do they think it's, you know, Lincoln Keenholz that's, you know. Well, let me ask you that question. Does Ohio State need to find a starting quarterback for 2024 in the portal? Or would you prefer a competition between Brown, Keenholz, and maybe Aaron Norland next season for the starting job? I mean, again, like how, who knows, <laughs> how the hell would you know? Right. <laughs> right. No, like, you know, you, you, you were not in practice, right? I yeah. mean, the, 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 the kid is a true freshman. I don't think no Brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, Keenholz is a true freshman this oh, year. Yes. Right. So yeah, he'll be a true sophomore right? next year. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And there's no way. I mean, has it ever happened? I don't know. Maybe when Rex Kern was, you know, the, a, a kid comes in and actually, or Schleister? Yeah. Or, or not Schleister. Terrell Pryor, uh, he ended up winning the starting job, yeah. but, but not right out of camp, right? He, he ended up taking it away from, from Beckman. But no, very yeah, rare. That's, very rare. Yeah. That it, yeah. That's why I say, man, like if they're even thinking, like if it is um, Keenholz that, that could potentially be the guy, then he needs to have at least 50% of the snaps and maybe more. Yeah. So, you know, I want to see him see. Yeah, in the cotton ball. Absolutely. So, so it sounds like maybe you've got an open mind that it, it could be a, a player out of the portal or it could be a keen holds or a Devin Brown. If somehow he makes leaps and bounds between, you know, this season and next though, I tend to agree with you. I, I didn't really see anything from Brown that, that blew me away. No, um, not. Now, Ohio State is rumored to be interested in Washington State quarterback Cam Ward, who is currently in the portal. Ward completed 67% of his passes and threw for over 3,700 yards and 25 touchdowns for the Cougars this season. Now, I thought this was interesting. He threw for 317 yards against number two Washington, 438 against number eight Oregon, and 404 against number 19 Oregon State. So against their top, against top line competition, Ward was pretty damn good. Now, I don't know how much truth there is to Ohio State's interest in Ward and vice versa, but those numbers would certainly suggest he'd be an upgrade over McCord. And I think Ward would also be an ideal one-year rental that wouldn't run off the younger quarterbacks in the room like Keen Holtz and Noland. Um, now, Bill Landis, whose opinions I, I hold in pretty high regard, he's not as taken with Ward as, as others are. He agrees the numbers and the highlight reel are impressive, but if you watch Ward play a full game, the down-to-down consistency isn't really there. Landis is much more enamored with a player like Tulane's Michael Pratt, should he want to seek a transfer, but Pratt is not currently in the portal. Uh, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard, he's another player Ohio State could consider. Leonard is reportedly interested in Notre Dame, and that interest is mutual. I don't know about you, PBH. I watched Leonard against Notre Dame. That was the game where he injured his ankle. Uh, Now, I was impressed with his athleticism. I think he ran for 88 yards in that game, but he was only 12 of 27 for 134 yards passing with a touchdown and a pick. I don't know if he has the arm talent required to run Ryan Day's vertical passing game. I don't know. Going down, ticking down these. If they can lure a talented one-year rental who isn't going to run off Keen Holes and Nolan, I'm all for it. But I think I might be just as good with one of the guys currently on the roster competing for and winning the job in 2024. 
and instead Ohio State prioritizing offensive line upgrades through the yeah. portal this offseason instead of a quarterback. You know, maybe they grab a you know another um, Tristan Jebbia. You know, a kind of like a break glass in case of emergency type quarterback that is really more kind of a glorified GA than he is a quarterback. Maybe you bring in a guy like that just to add depth. Um, Now that I think about it, I think I might be slightly more in favor of one of the guys currently on the roster winning the job and prioritizing offensive line depth than pursuing a starting quarterback in the portal. I don't know. Okay, but but if that's your take, then let's. The obvious candidate then would be Devin Brown. So you're going to be fine with Devin Brown being your quarterback next year? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say any of this with certainly. I'm Like I said, I'm slightly learning, leaning toward that. Um, Keen Holds is a second-year guy. I don't know. May, maybe he could. They're pretty high on him. Maybe mm-hmm. Keen Holds comes out of that competition. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I guess, look, if, if Ward's the guy from Washington State, he comes in, he, he he gives you veteran experience, tons of production. We know he, you know, he's no, we know he's going to be productive, and he leads Ohio State to the playoff. Okay, uh, I'll sign up for that as well. I guess what I'm saying in a very long-winded way is I don't know either. I I'm also pretty open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> how, how how much eligibility does Ward have? He would just be a one-year rental. Yeah, this would be a yeah, final so year. That- yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people think, right, so you do that so you don't alienate the room, which is actually what I thought they might do anyways, yeah. right? Um, never in a – you know, I, I never – I mean, did not see McCord just being the first guy in the portal out of the no. game. Like, that was just a shock. Now, I, I think we talked about on the, the last pod, like, if if Day was going out and, and looking at guys in the portal and brought a guy in, then I thought for sure, right? yeah, McCord's going to be like ABC you later. Right. Um, but McCord so, kind of preempted that, didn't he? It was like a yeah, preemptive no, totally. strike. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, maybe Day really was like, dude, it wasn't good enough this year. I'm yeah. going to go get a guy. Yeah. Um, and so then McCord's like, fine, then I'm out of here. And, you know, it'll kind of, you know, we'll know as, you know, as, as time goes on, it'd be very interesting to see where McCord lands. And that's why I say this is super high risk. I, I, I kind of feel like it's like medium reward because I don't feel like any of the, like is McCord like where would where is he like falling in the rankings of quarterbacks yeah. that are in the portal? Well, I heard right? he met like with Nebraska. Alabama. I heard he met. He's going to meet would do an official visit to Nebraska. He could very well end up at another Big Ten school, and we might very well end up facing him next season, which would be yeah, ironic, right? I mean, and you, but that'll kind of tell you something, right? Like yeah. he ends up at Illinois, right? Or you know, but if he ends up at you know, yeah. Oregon Clemson. or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Clemson. Yeah, then you're like shit. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I you know I said this to you guys last week that I don't think we're going to know until this time next year uh, if this was a net positive, both both for Ohio State and McCord. Let me posit this idea with you with the PBH. If you're not a Devin Brown fan and you're not a believer in him, then I then I think the choice has to be bringing in somebody like a Ward or another veteran quarterback, a one-year rental, because I, that almost assuredly is going to run Brown off. Um, and then yeah. and then you have that one-year, you know, senior quarterback, um, and then you can line up either Keenholz or Noland uh, the next year. Um, any well, other- we, 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 we were led to believe that this was a nip-and-tuck, you know, quarterback competition all through the spring. Yeah. And I don't – I mean, you – I, I – like – was that really the case? It didn't seem like that. I yeah. mean, it seemed like McCord was far and away the better option. So, yeah. um, 
that, that that's kind of where I'm leaning. Like, I don't really know if it is Brown. And yeah. so then maybe they think they got something with Keenholz or not, but um, it is know. worth, it is worth pointing out. Brown is one year younger than McCord. He's, this is only his second year with the program and, and maybe he can level up, you know, between year two and year three. But, but at the same time, maybe it's just as simple as look, if you don't think McCord's good enough, then how can you think the guy he beat out is good right. enough, right? I mean, maybe right. it's that simple. Um, yeah, going to be the most interesting storyline for sure this off season. Who emerges as Ohio State's starting 100%. quarterback? Yeah, yeah. All right, PBH. Let me run down the list of the other Ohio State portal entrants and get get your take on some of these names. We don't have to we don't have to talk about every single one of them, but this is the list that, uh, of the other twelve. Wide receiver Julian Fleming, running backs Chip Trainum and Evan Pryor, defensive end Omari Abor, linebacker Reed Carrico, cornerbacks Jair Brown and Ryan Turner, safeties Kai Stokes and Cam Martinez, offensive linemen Vic Cutler and Jacob James. They're both interior offensive linemen centers. Cutler can also play a little guard. And then finally, kicker Parker Lewis. What about that list stands out to you, PBH? Well, I'm not letting you off the hook on Cam Martinez. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the poor guy was vilified from, by you for yeah. two straight years. So that was a little rough on, on poor Cam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were a little rough on Cam. So <laughs> I want you to, you know, just own that. Um, I thought Kai Stokes didn't, weren't they kind of high on that yeah. guy? Like, he flashed a little bit. That one, to me, um, it's like, oh, okay. Um, uh huh. The, you know the the other interesting thing it's is you know that running back room is now yeah, very very interesting. That's where I was going to go myself. Yeah, I mean Chip Trainum, right? He, he was a big surprise to me, and it's a bummer to lose him as an important glue guy for that offense. But with his departure, Evan Pryor's departure, and now in Mayan Williams NFL declaration, Ohio State, as you pointed out, is dangerously thin at running back. And then I forwarded this to you guys yesterday. Jeremy Birmingham just reported that Jordan Lyle is likely going to flip to Miami. So James Peoples and Sam Williams-Dixon are the only two running backs coming in as true freshmen in the 2024 class. Now, there's some rumors circulating that Trey Henderson is going to come back for his senior year. Man, I don't know. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, you know, just given Henderson's injury history. And look, it's been a bumpy ride for Henderson at Ohio State. Um, I mean, I'd I'd be over the moon if he decides he wants to come back, but... You know, I think running back now is suddenly looking like a pretty big need for Ryan Day and Tony Alford uh, that they're going to need to address in the portal. I, I sent this to you guys over text. I just saw Trevor Etienne, Travis's little brother, just ended the portal. If I'm Tony Alford, I'd be making inquiries about Etienne. That, that dude can play. He, he played at Florida last year, and he's been a very productive running back for them. Uh, sorry, PBH, didn't mean to cut you off. Anything else stand out to you about this list of, of portal entrants? All right. Well, let, let's, let's just kind of go a, a level deeper. D- what round do you think Trey, if he declares, would get drafted? That's a great question. I mean, you know, he, he, he'd he still have a, a, a combine and a pro day to really blow scouts away with his measurables. And I think he will test well at the combine with his speed and, and you know, his pass catching ability and stuff. So without knowing the results of that, man, I'd say at best, at best, probably top of the second round. I, I just couldn't imagine a, I, I, he's not a first round running back just with the injury no. history, his size. 
and then maybe more likely date, you know, like third rounder. I don't know. Where do you see him? Yeah, I mean, I that's where I'm going. I think he's th- this is why I'm kind of leaning. Maybe he would come back, mm. although I agree with you. Right. Like, you know, running back, the shelf life is so short. He does have a history of injuries. Yeah, a you long history. Go man. Yeah, you got to go get paid. Yeah, but I could also see a guy like him thinking, "Jesus Christ, I should be a first round draft pick." Although that ship has sailed, right? Like even if he was Zeke Elliott, he probably Zeke Elliott wouldn't be a first round draft pick Today, the way they're you know right. the, you know the peaks and valleys how the NFL evaluates running backs. Yeah, um, but it's very interesting because like you know when they and there was you know the reports that. You know, he was leaning for to to stay, and then there, Tim May actually said today, "That's total bullshit." I don't yeah. know if you saw. I that. did see that. I did see that. Um, yeah. Like we we do, it would be great if he did come back, um, because you know, well, they fucking need him now, man, with all these yeah. guys leaving for the you know, portal, and you know, yeah. So yeah. Um, it it that that room is very very interesting. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did know. not expect that. I did not expect running back as of, you know, a week ago. I would not have guessed that running back would suddenly be this huge need, um, you know, both through the portal and, and maybe even trying to flip a kid. I don't know. It's probably too late at this stage to flip a 2024 kid. Um, you know, I, I did see something pretty interesting. I don't know how much truth there is to this, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but there was a graphic somebody posted on Twitter of Trey Henderson's NIL earnings it was actually quite a lot more than one of the starting running backs in the NFL right now. Probably a guy who's on a, you know, a rookie deal or something, wasn't a high draft pick. So maybe there's enough in NIL money to get him to come back for a, a, a final season. I mean, that actually, Michigan was able to pull that off with Blake Corum. I mean, Corum was coming off an ACL injury. And the word on the street was that Michigan put together a really attractive NIL package to get him and some other star players to come back for his senior year. So I don't know, maybe it's not out of the realm of poss- possibility. Yeah, I mean, the NIL, is, it's its such a black hole. Yeah. We have no idea, Yeah. right? You know, um, so, you know, I, I find it sometimes laughable, though, like, you know, last year with C.J. Stroud, this year with Marvin J- Harrison Jr., you know, it's like, yeah, one year NIL deal is a little different than a guaranteed four year contract yeah. in the NFL, right? Especially at running back, especially for a guy, you know, that has a history of injuries. But, but who the hell knows? You know, it's yeah. just like, um, yeah, but the, so back to your original question about all the other guys in the portal. Yeah. What else stands which, out to you about well, that? Well, I, I, I think just taking, looking at it from 30,000 feet is like, is this day just, you know, cleaning house, right? He's he's going like prime time. Like you guys aren't going to play here. These are hard conversations. Yeah. Right. But the chances of you ever seeing the field at a high state are slim to none. Even though you all were four star probably recruits. Yeah. Um. And is that you know what is taking place? And like I looked, there was some graphic of you know the the, the teams that finished in the top ten. How many kids were in the portal? And this was a few days ago. But, right. You know. Most of it was like two and three, and I don't know, maybe you sent it, you know, and the high state's sitting there with 11. Yeah, a lot. And, you know, so I'm I'm more interested in, is this a high state having really, like Julian Fleming, Yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Dude, you know, this like time. four years. Yep. Thank you for your service, but, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. We, we got to move on, especially if, you know, they can keep that one kid who, God, I hope they keep 
uh, Jeremiah Smith because everything that you're seeing that I've seen that yeah, kid is I mean, a physical freak. Yeah. Um, and so they're just having these hard conversations with these guys and being like, "We love you, but it's it's you know we need to part ways." I, I mean, I think that's largely what's happening here. I I, I that's probably not what happened in the case of Chip Trainum. Maybe Trainum's just betting on himself. Like, look, I think I can be an every down back for another program, and instead of a second fiddle to to a lead guy like Trey Henderson. Some people thought Trainum entering the portal was also an indication that that Henderson is going to stay. We'll see. Right. But I but I yeah. I do think largely that's what's happening uh, at PBH. I think this is some tough conversations with guys who are not going to get playing time. I mean, you know, look, Ohio State is is pretty well set at corner, right? With Igbenosin and Jermaine Matthews and we think Hancock, yeah. I mean, look, that's about as good as it's a group of if corners you're going to find if he stays. But so that that would explain Jair Brown and Ryan Turner heading into the portal. Kai Stokes, I agree with you, man. He flashed in those in the last two spring games. But look, Malik Hartford blowing up as a freshman probably precipitated, you know, Stokes going into the portal. So, yeah, I do think it's largely better players have forced these guys out. Some tough conversations. These are good kids, good players. They will land on their feet. They will land. Uh, you know, somewhere else where they can play. So I think it's a net positive, I think, for both parties. And yeah, I'm with you on Julian Fleming, right? I mean, four solid seasons at Ohio State. He never turned into the star receiver that we thought he would be. But I actually did like the role that he played the last couple of years is that receiver willing to do the dirty work. He's a great down the field blocker. He's probably a late day two, day three pick. He's got NFL size and speed. He's got a ton of value as a blocker. I think that's gonna be very attractive to NFL teams. I'm surprised, though, that he's opting for the portal but in yeah. a fifth year i would go start my nfl career right now I'd, I'd get the clock rolling on that if i were him but 100 percent, it's crazy yeah maybe crazy. maybe he'll ultimately end up doing that but yeah i i, and that, I was surprised that's what I by thought, that yeah i thought train him would have done the same thing yeah same right? actually yeah that's a good point for tra- train has played a lot of college football man and yeah, this dude. will be his third transfer um, but maybe he just feels like these guys get NFL evaluations. I, I heard that, uh, I think it's Rick Spielman, Chris's brother, uh, that actually volunteers to do the NFL evals for all the Ohio State players. Maybe he got his evaluation, didn't like it, and was like, I need to go, you know, I need a, a fifth year. One thing to talk about, you know, there isn't a lot of confirmed information out there about players Ohio State might be targeting for themselves in the portal, yeah. but, but what positional upgrades do you think Ohio State needs to address through the portal this offseason? Well, we talked we talked about two. So it's quarterback, maybe, running back, maybe, the two, you know, most important positions. Obviously, uh the get a get a, a couple of linemen yeah. if you can, right? Yeah. Um it's uh that that's an imperative. I don't know, linebacker. It seems like I mean, dude, here's the other thing. It's a tough you know, it's a tough uh, question to answer because we have no idea who's staying or going. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You know, is is Sawyer staying or going? I, you know, I could see that going one way or the other. Is you know Tyreek Williams staying or going? Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, you know, they were too tepid in the getting offensive linemen last year. Yeah. In you know, this window, anybody, the early window, they were t- they were too they swung and missed in the on yeah in the early yeah. window of the portal. They had to wait to the second the the portal reopened later. And that's when they got Josh Simmons. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, and so uh, 
one of the things that I, I, I've been thinking about, and again, like the, the whole NIL thing is just a black hole. And I don't know that anybody knows truly what's going on, but there was some report. It's not necessarily answering your question that, you know, Harrison Jr. They might, he might get a $30 million NIL deal. Oh Dude, yeah, I would no actually, way. Do, do, I mean, yeah. who's going to, who's going to put together a 30, $30 million Dude, NIL I, package I, for him? I but, mean, so but my so so say whatever say it's 10 yeah dude i would much much rather as much as i love that guy use that money to fill holes right yes. and i don't i don't Good know how point. this works yes go use that money if there are guys out there and pay him 500k or 700k as yeah. opposed to you know harrison jr love you brother you know go make the millions you yeah. deserve it and you're ready use it to 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 Get a linebacker, a defensive lineman, two offensive linemen, and totally you know, agree. a running back. Totally agree. Do that. Yeah. No, I want to see them add at least two starter quality offensive linemen. I'd say a starting tackle and one starting interior offensive lineman. Could be a guard, could be a, 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 a you know a center. I, I think that is absolutely imperative. I think they have to stockpile quality offensive linemen. One name that has been that we saw actually that entered the portal yesterday was Texas A&M tackle Chris Besantis, and, and that's a player I'd love to see the Buckeyes run at. Besantis was a freshman All-American this season for the Aggies. He was a player Justin Fry recruited before he signed with A&M. Indiana tackle Carter Smith is another player to watch. Smith is an Ohio native. He was rated the tenth best offensive tackle in the Big Ten this season by PFF. Not too shabby. So those are names to watch for me. And then I also think interior defensive linemen should be a priority. And I think you referenced this already, PBH, because I tend to think Ty Leak and Michael Hall Jr. are both off to the NFL. Uh, Middle Tennessee defensive tackle Marley Cook is a player that could end up in Columbus. He has an official visit scheduled for next Friday. Also, another Texas A&M player, defensive tackle LT Overton, is another player to watch. It's been reported that Larry Johnson has already reached out to Overton. We'll see if Johnson can get Overton to Columbus for an official visit soon. But those are the two positions I would absolutely prioritize, offensive and defensive line. Any other thoughts, PVH, on positional I mean, dude, it's, priorities? It, it, it's, you know, figure out the quarterback, running back. Dude, you need the linemen, right? Yeah. And you can go get them. They're out there. Um, and, and that has to be the priority. They didn't, they weren't aggressive enough last year, yep. especially on the offensive line. Yep. I forgot about that kid from Indiana. And God knows how many other ones are out there that are, you know. More than just those two. And there could yeah. be more, uh, for sure. You a jillion know, kids in the portal. I mean, it's it's fascinating, <laughs> oh like that God. kid ETN from from Florida. Like, why is he leaving, right? Yeah. You know, like, I, like, there had to be a reason why he chose the school. You had a great year. It's still Florida. Yet, after one year, you're like, F it, I'm out of here. It's just, it's so, it's such a bizarre, I don't know, I mean, new world that we're living in. It's hard to understand, yeah. you know, what, what actually is taking place. It, it could be. It was a rough season for Florida. They, they you know, not a very good team. Who knows? Maybe he was promised dude, an NIL money. Yeah. They've been bad. Like, how do you not know that going in? <laughs> you know, it's not like you were going to... You know, Alabama, it's like Florida hasn't been relevant since Urban Meyer left for Pete's yeah. sake. It's just, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there was a big paycheck that lured him there and maybe that money's dried up and now he's off somewhere else. Or Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But hey, but I would gladly take Travis Etienne no, in my running I, back. Or, or, sorry, yeah, Trevor Etienne. Trevor Etienne. Yeah. I'd take Travis too, but Trevor is, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> is his younger brother. All right, PBH. 
We know Ohio State is headed to the Cotton Bowl to play number nine, Missouri. We're going to do a complete preview of that game in a couple of weeks after we have a better handle on who's actually going to play for the Buckeyes. But PBH, any early thoughts on the Cotton Bowl that you'd like to share? It's just interesting that the line went from six and a half to like a point, right? Yeah. Second, yeah, Ohio got State in the portal. Ohio State minus six and a half, and now they're plus one and a half. <laughs> oh, really? It's plus they're, they're, one. Oh they God. are. They're an underdog now in the game. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry. It's just a meh. What I mean, the I'm only you, yeah. the only thing th- that is great about it is that it's a Friday night night game. Other than that, like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> totally, uh, it's something to do Friday night. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's really, really hard to get excited for this game. It like it brings me back to I think. God, oh, what year was it? Well, Evan, Evan had to be like 2003. I was living in Los Gatos. We played somebody in San Antonio, right? Who was it? Yeah, in 2004, uh, we had that 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 season. We lost four games, but then we yeah. got better as the season went along, and we played Oklahoma State in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's kind of like where I put this game. It's the 2004 yeah. Alamo Bowl, like or or the 2021 Rose Bowl, right? When we you know Ohio State went into that game against Utah, it was their Super Bowl. We had a bunch of opt outs. That turned out to be a hell of a game. Yeah, um, but, but that's still the goddamn Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, it's yeah. like we're not even playing on New Year's <laughs> Day. Like, and there's only well, that's because the the playoffs. Can't, yeah. So to your point, Jesus Christ, just end this insanity with the <laughs> goddamn bowl games and the playoff totally. 14. It's just so stupid. At I, this point. I agree, man. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm looking at at the Cotton Bowl as the 2024 season opener. That that's That's officially my stance on it. I want the Buckeyes to win, obviously. I always do. But more than anything, I want to see the lion's share of snaps go to the young players. They're going to make up the core of the 2024 squad. Jermaine Matthews, Malik Hartford, Caden Curry, Kenyatta Jackson, C.J. Hicks, Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes. If it's going to be Brown or Lincoln Keenholds, that group. I'm going to have a lot more to say about the Cotton Bowl in the coming weeks, but that's my early view of the game for now. Any other yeah. thoughts on that? No, I, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. it, you got to play those guys, and it, it it definitely feels like that's where Day's going with it, right? He's just like, I'm going to kind of not totally burn it down, but I'm going to do some <laughs> controlled fires to the program here. We're going to have some, some tough decisions and, um, you know, controlled use it fires. As a step, yeah, a stepping stone into 2024 for sure. Perfect. Yeah, man. All right. We're in lockstep on that. Okay, PBH. Before, before I let you go, let's spend a few minutes talking about the college football playoff. Now, Michigan is your number one seed. And their reward for being the top seed is a date with Nick Saban, Jalen Milrow, and number four Alabama in the semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Washington, who beat Oregon in a highly entertaining final iteration of the Pac-12 title game last Friday. Did you watch that game, by the way? It was a good game. It was. Yeah, yeah. Washington is the two seed. The Huskies will face Quinn Ewers, Steve Sarkeesian, and number three Texas at the semifinal in the Sugar Bowl. Now, Michigan is currently a one and a half point favorite over Bama. The over-under for that game is 45 and a half. And Texas is a four and a half point favorite over Washington. The over-under for that game is 63 and a half. PBH, before we have a look at those matchups, what did you think about the committee's decision to put a one-loss Bama into the playoff over an undefeated Florida State team? You know, right or wrong isn't it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You know, fair is something when you go to ride rides and have cotton candy. Was it fair to Florida State? <laughs> 
absolutely not. But you had, you know, they set themselves up for this. It's, you know, kind of ironic that uh, in the last year of this 14 playoff that it really came home to roost that they had an impossible decision to make. Yeah. I think yep. there, there, there are two things that stick out to me that just scream to the fact that they did the right thing. Number one were the audible gasps of the Michigan faithful and whoever that was in that banquet room yeah. when Alabama showed up. As I think it was four. Adam Ritten, Rittenberg of ESPN that recorded the video uh, of the Michigan classic. Yeah, yeah. Classic. I mean, literal <laughs> audible gasp, like mother fucker. Right. That, that, and then, and then the second thing is, did you see the line of Georgia, Florida state? Uh, what is it? Yeah, I did. I think it's, what is it, like 14 and a half? 14 and a half. So wow. that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and the, the, the third thing is, dude, that debacle of letting TCU in last year and then uh, how they ever beat Michigan. Oh right. My God. And then, and then they get rolled, what, 65 to seven. Oh, embarrassing. Dude, like you can't, you can't like, you know, our favorite thing, like in Goodfellas, Robert, I, I can't he, have it. Henry, you can't have this. This, this <laughs> can, they cannot have it. Right. There's too much money at stake. Yeah. They did the right thing. It sucks balls for Florida State, totally. uh, no doubt. But you know what? This is the system. When you have, you know, five power five conferences and four slots, and, you know, it was bound to happen. And it's ironic that it happened in the last year. Yeah. No fitting end to the 14 playoff. Yeah. I thought Bama was the right choice. If you watch the games and you're being objective about it, there's no way you could have concluded that Florida State without Jordan Travis is one of the top four teams in the country. Their offense is completely non-functional without Travis. But I agree with you. At the same time, and this is a classic case of both things, of two things can be true. Right. Florida State absolutely earned the right to compete in a meaningful postseason, and they won't get that opportunity because of the shitty four-team format that, thank God, finally dies after this season. I mean, yeah. for the last 10 seasons, PVH, college football is like a... It's been like a 12-course meal at a Michelin-rated restaurant that ends with a fucking cockroach in the creme brulee. I mean, what should be the best, most celebrated part of the whole experience, the postseason, has been a turd in the tiramisu for all but four fan bases every year since 2014. Good riddance to the 14 playoff. It was a joyless half-measure that deprived dozens of excellent football teams and their fans the opportunity to compete in a meaningful postseason. Now, I understand how that must sound as an Ohio State fan whose school made the playoff five times, including twice as a team that didn't win its conference. But Ohio State was also left out as a one-loss team on three other occasions, including this year. So fucking 2024 and the 12-team playoff cannot get here soon enough. Okay, PBH, what are your early impressions? And we don't have to do a full analysis here because we'll do that later. But what are your early impressions of Bama, Michigan in the Rose Bowl? Well, but before we get to that, dude, it hasn't just been this, right? I mean, we had the BCS before that. And then yeah. before that, right? Which like, is even worse. Just, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's been it's terrible. You know, and I, honestly, I'm giving props to my father, right? Like, you know, as, as you age like a fine wine, he's he's been saying this shit to me for 30 years, how stupid it is that they haven't had a playoff, right? Yeah, and for decades. The they should have had for, this 50 years ago. Dude, yeah, since the yeah. you know the beginning, it's the only sport in the world that's crowned their champion this way. So yeah, um, you know, I I mean, I think we kind of get hung up on the traditions, and you know, like, wow, well, then the Michigan High State game won't mean as much and stuff like that. 
it will always mean a, a, a ton. So totally to, to your point, it's not good riddance to the last six years. It's literally good riddance to the last hundred years. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no. And, you know, to, to that point, and we had a little back and forth over text with with our friend Mikey Corcoran. And I think he had said something like, well, I'm going to miss, you know, Ohio State, Michigan being, you know, for all the marbles, la, la, la. And I was like. You know, don't conflate the greatness of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry with the total disaster, the total joke that was the way college football determined its national yeah. champion, right? I mean, I, I, it's it's ridiculous that Ohio State-Michigan, that the fact that it had to be for all the marbles was kind of forced on the rivalry. And, and I firmly believe now, you know, the rivalry will be appropriately weighted, the meaning of it, right? Which is for bragging rights, still very important likely for playoff seating, also still very important because it could, yeah. it could mean a first round bye, but it, it's not going to fucking end your national championship hopes. Um, I just felt like the, the fact that that was forced on the rivalry and college kids, you know, you had absolute perfection and you had to get through this game or your whole season was ruined. I personally am glad that that's no longer going to be the case in most seasons. And, and you know, both teams, even Michigan too, uh, will have the opportunity to compete in a meaningful postseason, even in, as a loser in that game. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of the fans are going to tell me I'm a loser for looking at it that way. I don't think so. No, no dude. And the, the, the other thing that, you know, always gets lost in this is not a matter of if you lose. It's actually That's much right. more important when you fucking totally. lose. Totally. Right? Ask, ask Georgia, right? Yeah. And Ohio State, right? Like, we were an afterthought, you know? Like, no, no one even brought our name up. But we only did lose one freaking game yeah. to the number one team in the country. By now, one score. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, it, you know, the fact of when you lose the game it's, is so goddamn important. That's another that good point. Yeah. In, in the, old, the old system, you know, but, but whatever. We don't have to argue about this anymore, I guess. That's <laughs> well, I don't think we're arguing. You and I are yeah, agreeing. Yeah, no, we don't man. have to explain <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. No, good riddance. And yeah, I mean, like, the thing with me, I'll say one more thing about this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Bama, Michigan. Selection Sunday should be way more celebratory than it's been over the last 10 years. It, it, I mean, for four teams, it is. But for everybody else, it's rancor, it's vitriol, it's anger. I mean, people are still yelling and screaming at each other over, you know, the Florida State Bama thing. And it just it should be way more celebratory than it's been. And I'm looking forward to, to it being just that in 2024 and beyond. OK, PBH, yeah. what are your early impressions of this Bama-Michigan Rose Bowl game? I'm kind of torn on it, to be to be honest with you. Like, I, I think. You know, you look at Alabama, man, like they were uh, fourth and 33 uh, and yeah, they complete that pass to, to, against Auburn, who was, I think, five and six. Terrible. They're not good. Um, not a good football team. Um, but God damn it. It's Nick Saban. Um, you know, you mm -hmm. never bet against that guy. Uh, I mean, it, it, it'll be it'll be a great game. I mean, I, I you know, I, I do think Michigan is very good. Um and I'm kind of like scratching my head, you know, how how good is Alabama? But I never in a kajillion years saw them beating Georgia. I did not see that happening. And and again, but this is the interesting, this is what makes college football great too, right? It's like we try and draw conclusions from one week to the next. Mm -hmm. And it just you just have to throw it out the window, right? I mean, like, how how does Alabama lay that egg against Auburn and then come back? the very next week and legitimately kicked the shit out of what who everybody thought was the best team in the country. Yeah. Um, 
And the same thing last year. How does Michigan beat Ohio State, you know, and then go out and lay that egg against TCU? So, you know, that that's what makes, you know, college football so so phenomenal. Um, but yeah, right now, like, I mean, that, that is going to be a hell of a game. Um, you know, if I'm leaning one way, I mean, my heart's going to go with Alabama, you know, right. We can't, um, we can't root for Michigan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, never. yeah forget it. The big 10, there, there's no hall that the big 10 has, right. Where they hang trophies, fuck Michigan. Yeah. People are like, I'm rooting for the conference. That, that, that's stupid, right? You're rooting for Alabama. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I personally think this is a terrible matchup for Michigan and their fans know it, as you've referenced, right? We all saw the reaction from the Michigan watch party on Sunday when the tide showed up on the four line instead of Florida State. I actually work with a guy who's a diehard Michigan fan. And I said, how are you feeling about that matchup with Bama? And his response was, I think 12 and 0 teams should get into the field over teams with one loss. So he was uh, yeah, clearly chapped. <laughs> tells you everything you need to know. I mean, <laughs> I just don't see how Michigan's ball-controlled dink-and-dunk offense is going to work against that Bama defensive front. I mean, that Bama defense has like seven or seven or eight first-round draft picks in it. I mean, 80 yards rushing on three and a half yards of carry by Blake Corum and 150 yards passing from J.J. McCarthy. That ain't going to get it done in this game. You know, I, I keep sending you guys that clip. Uh, I, I've sent it a couple times now to the text out of J.J. McCarthy. You know, he's under pressure throwing that ball across his body to the middle of the field to complete that five-yard pass against Ohio State. You know, McCarthy used everything in his mm-hmm. toolbox on that play. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an absurdly high-risk throw that Cornelius Johnson had to dive to catch, and all it did was put Michigan into a more manageable third down. <laughs> I mean, McCarthy's not going to get away with throws like that against Alabama, and I just think the Tide are entirely too good up front for Michigan to shut down their passing game and run the ball on 30 straight plays like they did well, you know, yeah, against Penn away. State, right? Yeah. You're not going to get away with that against against Alabama. I, I think Harbaugh... He's got to take the reins off of J.J. McCarthy and allow him to make plays on the move. He's got to take some shots down the field. I really think that's their only shot in this game. And even that's a risky proposition against that Bama defense because we remember how that worked out for McCarthy last year against TCU, right? Michigan fell behind in that game, and McCarthy had to throw, and he threw two horrible pick sixes in that game. I also th- I also think Jalen Milrow is going to be a problem for that Michigan defense. Not to mention Nick Saban, as you've referenced, right, with a month to prepare for this game. But I'm going to have some time to simmer on this one. I'm not sure which way I'm actually going to lean, but right now I'm definitely leaning Bama. How about the other semifinal, PBH? Give us a couple thoughts on number two Washington against number three Texas. Yeah, I, I think people just need to stop betting against Washington, right? I mean, yeah. they've, you know, I mean, all they did was win their a pretty goddamn hard conference at, at that. Yeah. Um, you know, Penix is great, and you know, I was dead wrong. I think I, I, I definitely liked Oregon to to beat them in the the Pac-12 championship. Yep, me too. So, um, you know, uh, Texas. Actually, no, let me give you credit for that, man. You actually picked Washington to win the the Pac-12 title game. Oh, I did. You did. See, that shows you what I know. (laughs) (laughs) Betting tips from Paige. Uh, Yeah, I mean, dude, it'll be a great game. I mean, I, you know, it's probably a coin flip. Um, But I, you know, I I think at some point you got to stop, you know, you got to give Washington the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, that, 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 I, I'm happy to see both those schools in it. I think they're both really good. Um, and so it'll come down to probably the fourth quarter. But if I'm right now, I'd be leaning Washington, actually. Interesting. Yeah. One thing's for sure. I like the over 
in this game, big time. I, I think these teams are going to combine for what, closer to 80. It's 63 and a half, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I could see these teams playing up in the 40s. And uh, so that that's definitely one thing I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I feel pretty strongly about. Um, but I tend to agree with you. I think Washington has the edge of quarterback with Michael Penix Jr. for sure. I mean, Quinn Ewers is good, but I think Penix is special. I mean, that guy's just, he's got the dog in him. I also love Roma Dunze and those Washington receivers. And I, and I really like Dylan Johnson, their running back. I think he's an underrated back. 14 rushing touchdowns for uh, Johnson this year for the Huskies. Now, on the other hand, Texas has more talent. And they have a much better defense. According to the 24-7 team talent composite, Texas is 6th. Washington is 26th. And the Longhorns are 23rd nationally in total defense. The Huskies are 93rd. They're they're averaging almost 400 yards a game on, on defense. But my early lean right now, and maybe this goes against my better judgment, I'm with you. I'm leaning Washington by a hair in a shootout that likely comes down to the offense that has the ball last. Of course, I reserve the right to change my mind on that pick and... Who knows? I probably yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. You know, the other thing, uh, like the, the Big 12 is not very good. Like I can yeah. even tell you eight teams in it anymore. And, yeah. like, you know, may, maybe, okay, maybe USC wasn't as good as we thought. Um, but that was definitely a pretty, you know, freaking good conference this year. So Absolutely. Yeah, it you was. Kinda, you kind of got to tip your hat at the conference and say, all right, you know, if all things are else being equal, then I'll roll with that because they just played better competition throughout the year. Yep. Nope. That makes sense. I, I'm with you right now, leaning leaning toward the Huskies. All right. So we're both right now at this, uh, whatever, December 7th, we're thinking Washington and uh, Alabama. Bama. Washington, yeah. Bama. Yeah. I, I think if you, if you on, on straight talent, you know, Bama, Texas would be a, a really, a, you know, attractive championship game because i think those are clearly the two most talented teams in the field but yeah man i i think bama washington is is my early early pick on that okay pbh uh, we, have, we have time we've got time yes we do and i actually got dinner reservations with uh, with aaron so why don't we end things there for our listeners look for a preview of the cotton bowl from us in the coming weeks probably sometime after christmas until then thanks so much for listening happy holidays and go bucks been listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com